We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome and welcome back. Steve Rosenblum, Matt Spiegel, Saturday Soccer Jar, last hour. 120, we'll talk with Jim Deshays, Cubs TV analyst. We'll talk about, well, you're going to move the mound back two feet in the Atlantic League in the second half of play, second half of the season. So, what will that mean to a pitcher to lose two feet? <laughs> that's, that's quite a thing, we suspect, and what will happen, and we'll talk to him about some of the other rule changes. Uh, at 140, we'll... We'll do transition with Julie and Maggie. Their show follows us because England Dan and John Ford Coley were not available. <laughs> but in the meantime, you I'm have... I'm not talking about moving in. Get them? Yes. I think so. Yeah. All right. So we have, um, we have some Cubs discussion. Well, yeah, just, share. just for a moment, just, um, share the love. just how good um, Pedro Strope is as a guy, a teammate... And a pitcher as well. I know that sometimes you still get a little nervous if you see Strope come in. Some people do. And I understand that. Like, he's not not among the top 1, 2, 3% of relievers in baseball. He's not that. And he's never really had a stretch where he's like, oh, my God. Who can hit that guy? The answer is nobody. All right. Boom. <laughs> yeah, that was, that's a good answer. Right? That's that's the guy you signed. Yeah, that's that's you you know, you know, that guy hasn't that's not who Strope who besides is. Besides Mario Rivera answers that question. Craig Kimbrell before he's yeah. before he stumbled the last couple of months of last year, including the uh, the postseason. But you know, Kimbrell's been that guy. Different times Wade Wade Davis has been that guy. That's true. Um, so there, there's Trevor been, Hoffman was uh, Trevor Hoffman yeah, was Eric Gagne famously medically medicinally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but there's there's been times you're like, oh, I'm not going to hit that guy. Dennis Eckersley for a few years uh, in there, uh, but Strope is not the guy. But what Strope is is like a top ten percent guy who never goes below that, and I it, he's just so solidly so that very floor good. Is important to you. It's massively important as the sample gets bigger and you look at the totality of his career and you realize that floor, he's never really gone below that floor. You're like, oh my God, how valuable is that guy? And that's why he doesn't end up getting talked about that much. I saw this stat and it kind of blew my mind a little bit. It is last year, he had his fifth season with the Cubs of pitching at least 50 games and having an ERA under three. And I, I always the pitcher ERA reliever ERAs. I, I I'm yeah. always suspect if you sure. want to give me inherited runners blown, you know, hold something like that that more directly involved at, at, aimed at the job they're supposed mm-hmm. to do. In a but it, in a for a full season, I, I I can work with that. And when we're talking about five full seasons, we're talking right. about five full seasons. I think we're at a big enough sample that the that the ERA makes some sense for me. Of course, of course, it, you know, you need inherited. Um, to to get in there and be discussed, but just the appearances indicates 
a, a good deal of health unless Joe Madden wants to let him hit for right. himself. Yeah, well, right. Fifty so fifty games and a sub three ERA. That's the most of anybody in the history of the Cubs. Bruce Souter had four years of fifty games or more and a sub wow. three ERA. Nobody's ever done it as a Cub more and, than Pedro Stroh. And he's beloved by his teammates more than we know. He's the he's the Joe Walsh of <laughs> of of the pitching staff that he's beloved more inside than outside by every faction on that team on a team that, where you don't want to have factions but you always kind of end up with them anyway everybody loves pedro strobe all of them there, there's a movie every vote for pedro right yeah right exactly movie? everybody loves pedro and the, the but you point out what the best example of that was what other player did they have a dress up on the road trip like day <laughs> correct right? nobody him Last and, year. And he's just laughing at the whole thing. He loved it. It's great sense of him humor. Him and his yellow hair just loved it. They, they all love him. And he is he doesn't care if you tell him he's the closer or not. Ever. Like right in his, including right now. Just call my name. I'll be ready. I'll go. But he, he is. Like Madden is, is right now saying that I don't know who it's going to be. Right. I don't know who it's going to be. And he likes being able to say that because then everybody else is on their toes and everybody thinks, well, maybe it could be me. Or, mm-hmm. or I guess I should be ready for the seventh or the eighth or the ninth or the sixth because Strope is always ready. And Strope is, is – he has no ego in regards to that. He's which had is, all those innings before, by the way. He's been the sixth, them. he's been the seventh, been the eighth, and been the ninth. But when you have – your guy who you're probably going to use in the ninth here for a while until Morrow comes back, and he doesn't give a crap if you anoint him or not, then everybody else can't help but settle into a a comfortable place as not having to be anointed as anything either. So Joe can just manage the bullpen like he wants to. You're anointed when the manager tells you you're anointed. Yeah. I, I really think if they want to, in lieu of action, because baseball has no action anymore, I really think that Joe should just go out to the bullpen and present a rose to the guy who's next. And you're the closer. Mm. Get Pedro, mm-hmm. Pedro Strope Rose. So the guy who came over in that trade, the Pedro Strope trade, is yeah. now what we're calling it. Yeah. As opposed to the Jake Arrieta trade. Right, exactly. Strope <laughs> is the one that lingers. So Jake Arrieta turned 33 this week. Christopher Kamka, in his inimitable way, reminds this. Of all the mind-boggling numbers <clears throat> we saw from a, a incredible and a historic stretch that – you really have to remember this is what you saw for half a season for then actually a, a full season, even though not one calendar year. Jake Arietta, after the All-Star break in 2015, 15 starts, nine earned runs. 15 starts. Hmm. Over that same span, eight pitchers, one of them did it twice, allowed nine earned runs in a single game. Just by comparison. It's amazing. That's that was the, what he did that time was wonderful. So so it was a really good, you know, as as a throw into the Pedro Strope trade, <laughs> that's what he was. Uh, we will talk to Jim Deshays at one twenty about the the new baseball rules in, in uh the Atlantic League that involve moving pitchers mound back and other things they're gonna do. Something else involving the Cubs that you should keep your eye on because the Dodgers did this biggest after the Yankees, Dodger TV, and for the sixth straight year, most of their fans won't see the games. 
the Dodgers own Southern California. They're I, for whatever you know what. It, at one time, it might have been magic, but it was magic, not really the Lakers. At one, the Dodgers were always the Dodgers, and they were the team. They they whether it was Fernando Mania eventually, however it happened. So they cut this deal, and and their their distributor was selling it to cable companies, and nobody wanted to pay the premium. So the games that are on normal broadcast TV, like KTLA out there, Channel 5, or their version of, of Comcast Sports and that Fox Sports West, whatever, I think that's what it's called. Um, most Dodger fans can't get it. Now, Cub fans, keep an eye on this story because whatever the Cubs network is going to be, somebody's going to pay for it and that somebody is you, somehow. Now, the holdup is the corporations not agreeing, right? It's Time Warner not working with DirecTV and other TV suppliers, right? Like, right. So that the holdup is not because they want, they it's want, because of the fans' refusal. It, it, right, it's because of a standoff between corporations at this point, correct? Correct. They've not DirecTV and other local cable companies have not wanted to pass along to people or believe that however their research shows uh-huh. that these people aren't going to pay for that. We're not going to force it on them. We'll lose business that is more important. Um, we're not going to gain enough by Dodger fans agreeing to pay the premium, which frankly surprises me. If you were to make the Dodgers a look, you, you buy, let's say you buy HBO. I mean, you pay for a monthly rate for, for Hulu, for, for something like that. If you're Allie, my daughter out there was a cub a crazy cub fan like I never knew before. She bought the MLB Cubs package so she gets it on her phone or device or whatever she's got. She'll pay for that. She'll watch those games. So that's why I'm surprised this happens. But the fact that this has happened here and something as big and powerful as the Dodgers can't be sold in and it's not as though you're just selling sports where in LA it's an industry town. But here you are watching the most popular team in town, and nobody wants to pay for it. So that may be – Cub fans just tell you to keep an eye on what happens with the do- the doyers. This hour is brought to you by Fisher Oven Roasted Never Fried Snack Nuts. Never fried, nothing to hide. Steve Rosenblum this morning on um, Inside the Clubhouse with me, Matt Spiegel, and him, Bruce Levine, that, that other guy. We, um, we, we again became inside the outhouse. Like, you might <laughs> – you might remember, Explain, Lucy. well, a couple months ago, we had Jim Bowden on, mm-hmm. um, and it happened twice during the interview. Uh, the first time it happened was, I believe, during the introduction to Jim Bowden. We were introducing the, uh, the, the baseball insider to talk about some rumors, and it sounded like Jim was uh, somewhere in a place that made some uh, mechanical noises. I recall that. In fact, we... One of the baseball experts out there that I'm sure you'll enjoy listening to, I'm sure you do as well, on MLB Radio Network, on his show, the uh, front office, as well as writing on The Athletic. Uh, Jim Bowden, former general manager and now top media person, joins us on Inside the Clubhouse. Uh, so, you know, that, that was definitely a flush. There's, that was definitely a flush. That's right. There's there. no doubt. So I figured... As we all like, kind of laughed under our breath, um, and people d- d- tweeted at me and texted to no end. It was like, and there was a texter who gave us the name, and said, we we fumbled along, right? 
they came up with out inside the outhouse. But during the interview, I'm 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 thinking about that and giggling to myself, um, and thinking about okay, so Jim finished his business right as we were calling a little earlier than he perhaps expected. <laughs> but then later in the interview, something else happened. I thought JD Martinez would end up having a better year than uh, Giancarlo Stanton or Aaron Judge, which he did. But here's my whole point about that. That's a second flush. Wow. And that's a bit more distant than the first flush, which leads me to believe he remains inside a public bathroom at that point. He's in a multiple stall bathroom situation for the entirety of the interview. Would you agree with that uh, that deduction? Yeah, I was. That's. You guys are compiling quite a list. This was the best of. Then this morning, you tell me if this is what it sounds like. Wait, it's still going? Oh, that, that was Jim Bowden, right? From a couple months ago. This morning, Joe Madden's agent, Alan Nero, was on the phone. And as we said goodbye, a noise a noise happened, and the text lines and, and Twitter exploded again. See if you hear what they heard. Uh, they are the workers, but uniquely talented product that cannot be replaced. They can be replaced by lesser lesser players, but as a group, they cannot be replaced. Not that, not that talent. <laughs> right. No. Yeah, there's no question about it. Was he holding the phone by his butt? I don't think. Not that, not that talented. Right. <laughs> now, farts are funny. What else could that be? No. That's, what, what else could that be? It's a heavy-duty zipper. That's the only other thing I could <laughs> Zipper's a good call. Not that, not that talented. Right. <laughs> wow. That's that's somebody with really good rectal control. That's a that's a good metered. That's a, a good little metered. dog growling, maybe. I, 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 a growling dog is good. I'll give you that possibility of a dog growling. Maybe, maybe okay. a dog farting. Uh-huh. Wow. Could be inside the outhouse gathering quite a collection. You got the greatest hits, aren't you? Okay. Wow. Uh, thank you for grabbing that, Christopher Dickens. Uh, you have, a, you have a hell of a life carved out. That's right. It's your job and to go find the gas that has been passed on the air. That's what I live for. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's my job to point it out and send it your way. That's why not you, the, not that talent. Right. <laughs> and on that note, we'll break. Right. And we'll fly out of here before we bring in Jim Deshaies, Cubs TV analyst. It's Saturday suckage. Of course it is. Chicago's Sports Radio 670 The Score. Not that, not that talent. Right. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. It's good walk-up music. Let me see what spring is like on a Jupiter and Mars. Jim, that's excellent. In other words, nice, huh? We, I love I that. Know. You could just do, run through the whole best of Frank CD. As far as I'm concerned, we could just do that. Why not? Guests choose their own walk-up music here, and Jim Deshays just classed the joint up. You know, he did. I would now pay I'd like thirteen bucks for a beer at this point. Yeah, they still wouldn't probably, get. Probably want a martini though, don't you? Yeah, I, yeah. I do. I do want a martini. That's right. Dirty, and really dirty. Jim Deshays joins us on the Alpamani Ford Hotline, home of the F one fifties for two twenty nine per month. 
So, Jim, we want to talk to you about baseball rules, potential changes. Well, there's a whole bunch of them, Jim, um, that they're going to be doing in the Atlantic League, the Independent League, as a little testing ground, and that's kind of fun. And we've all bandied a bunch of these about forever. But the one that caught my eye is one that I hadn't given a lot of thought, but I know some have through the years. They're going to move the mound back. They're going to move the rubber back uh, two feet. So it's 62 feet, six inches from mound to home plate just for the second half of the year, perhaps to split up the data that they collect uh, over the course of one season. Or I don't know what the other reasoning would be, but th- that that the idea of doing that would be to create more contact. And give the hitters more a, action, more action, a little more contact, a little more action and give the hitters that slight advantage. But I have a million questions like, what does that do to an arm? What does that do to a curveball? And, and I wonder how big a deal it would be to move the mound back two feet for a pitcher. Yeah, it, it's not a it's not a, um, a small move, is it? I, you know, I thought maybe they might play around with six inches or five, but two feet is very significant. Um Obviously, the, yeah, the ball is not going to enter the hitting zone with as much velocity as, as it normally would. Um, so contact rates should increase. Uh, as far as the breaking pitches, it's going to be a big learning curve for pitchers, just to, you know, in terms of release point and and you know throwing a breaking pitch that you, you normally would want to have break, you know, down and in say to a right-handed hitter if you're a left-handed pitcher. Now you've got to kind of set your your sights a little higher. Um, it's going to be interesting. I mean, those those kids uh, or the guys in the Atlantic League are kind of guinea pigs, but I guess they're willing to to sign on for it. Um, I guess the the biggest injury risk would be if all of a sudden your fastball is not quite what it used to be. Guys start trying to overthrow, right? I mean, that hmm. I could see where that would create some arm strain. Um, so that's something that they're going to have to keep an eye on. Um, but but I, I I love the idea of experimenting with different things just to try to create a little more contact, put the ball in play more, uh, and see what it looks like. And then, you know, maybe down the road there's some kind of an adjustment that gets made at the big league level. So if you're in trying to imagine the way the pitches, the breaking pitches, and the strength of the fastball, if you look at the um, the the two adjacent side, like home plate from top to bottom is – I don't know. It almost it almost looks like a foot and a half. Um, it 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 almost somewhere between a foot and a half, and um, and two and twenty twenty inches as opposed to twenty four. So to get an idea of what the strength of a fastball or where or the velocity of a fastball and the break of pitches, it almost be like watching where the catcher sets up because he's adding those extra inches. So when it hits the mitt, as opposed to where it crosses home plate, and I don't know if that helps you at all, the way you've looked at some pitcher, some the break of some pitches, the angle, and or the velocity. I don't know if that helps at this point determine whether it would hurt pitchers. Whether, I mean, how much it would hurt pitchers. We know it's yeah, going it to hurt pitchers. It has to, has to hurt pitchers. There's no way it, it can't hurt pitchers. Um just because of velocity is not going to play, you know, from 62 feet like it does at 60 feet. Um, so I, I don't know in terms of the breaking pitch. That's probably a little bit different animal, and it may actually serve some guys well. Guys maybe uh, develop a sinker that, that dips right at home plate, whereas in the past they had a hard time making that happen. That, that I don't know. That part of it probably doesn't change a whole lot. But I think the velocity piece of it is, is the biggest issue. Um, 
And of course, you know, at our at our level, there's so many guys throwing 96 miles per hour. Um, so that would be a, a clear advantage for the hitters to, to mitigate that a little bit. I don't know how many guys are throwing 96 miles an hour in the Atlantic League, um, but everything's relative. <laughs> so you know, it's going to be, you know, what you know what looks like a nine. What we're used to seeing from a 90 to 92 mile an hour fastball is not going to get on the hitters quickly as it does the 60 feet. So that's, that's obviously where the advantage is going to lie for the hitter. I wonder, I wonder though, as a hitter, if it's like, if it would take some time to adjust though, because just a lifetime of muscle memory, just it, I, even if subconsciously, what is it? 0.75 seconds or something like that before you can even consider that an observation, you know, like they, Robert Adair wrote the physics of, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, of yeah. baseball, um, so, you know, there's like, it, it, you, you've trained your whole life to have that kind of observation and then swing and timing. You think they could pick it up fairly quickly or maybe they would just get lucky a little bit too. Yeah, I think, I, I think that, you know, it probably feel a little weird for a hitter to look out there and see the guy two feet further away. It might present a little bit of a visual a change. Um, but I think just the, the little bit of extra reaction time they're going to have, is going to. Is going to be a huge advantage. Um, we'll see. It's going to be interesting. I mean, it's uh, these guys are going to be lab rats, and we're going to, we're going to get an idea what it looks like. <laughs> and they picked an independent league. That's why. So, yeah. uh, so 1968, Bob Gibson has a 1.12 ERA. Um, Carl Yastrzemski wins the American League batting title with a 301 average, um, and they lower the mound from 15 inches to 10 inches. And it didn't really cause a massive change. The strikeout rate budge went from 15.8% to 15.2%. The batting average rose about 11 points, but then the DH came a few years later. And, Hello. You know, and, and, and you had the bump there. So, you know, Tom Verducci and others have written about lowering the mound further still, that lowering it. What's um, what's more dangerous, I guess, in your mind, Jim, lowering it or moving it back like we're talking yeah, about? Yeah, I- yeah, I don't know the answer to that. Um, you know, pitchers take advantage of a higher mound because of the arm angle. The ball comes to home plate with a little better uh, angle from the pitcher's point of view. If you lower that, it becomes a little bit of an advantage to the hitter, I would guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, health-wise, I'm not sure. I, I hear all kinds of different theories on lower mound, higher mound, which which would be uh, lead to more injuries. You know, we were always grew up with the belief that a higher mound meant it was less pressure on the arm because the mound was doing the work for you to go downhill, so it took pressure off the arm. But I'm not convinced that that's true. Um, so I, I don't know. And again, I, I don't know if anybody really knows. Uh, I've read theories on both sides. And when guys come back from injury, they throw off flat ground. Yeah. I've heard other people say that flat ground is not good for your arm, that you need a mound. So <laughs> I, I don't know the answer to that. Um, I, I just think moving the mound back is a radical change where you're likely to see a more significant difference than you would if you just lowered the mound. Talking with Jim Deshays, Cubs TV analyst, talking about some of the proposed rule changes in the Atlantic League. One of the things about moving the mound back, you change the angle where the pitcher's going to throw to first to pick off players, right? Hold the guy close. Yeah, a little You're bit. making stolen bases more likely because there's a longer... Longer throw to make. You're screwing up that no, no, timing. No, no, The catcher's got the same throw. The pitcher doesn't, so the ball takes longer to get to the catcher so he can make the throw. Uh-huh. And if your breaking pitches are timed out at 60 feet, 6 inches, and now you got two feet, suddenly you're two feet shorter, there's going to be a whole lot of pass balls sure. or wild pitches. I, I think these are the... We can 
imagine the unintended consequences, which doesn't, which means they're not unintended. Well, maybe they are unintended, but can't you imagine all that happening, Jim? I would think, um, you know, I'm trying to put myself in, in, in a bullpen situation where I'm throwing from two feet further away. I think, um, in terms of spinning a breaking ball or trying to get a sinker to, to, to move at the right time, it'd be mostly a matter of practice before you'd start to get a feel for that. So I don't think it's going to be that severe, um, but clearly guys are going to have some issues with it. And the other thing, and you know, sometimes the independent league is the last resort for a lot of guys trying to hang on. So they might not have many options, um, but I could see some pitchers going, well, if I can have a choice to play in the Atlantic league or some other independent league, I'm not so sure I want to go to the league. <laughs> where we're throwing the ball, you know, 62 feet. Um, so you might have a hard time signing guys. Um, or maybe you have to give them some kind of a financial incentive to come and play. Uh, Jason Witten will come out of retirement and play there too. That's just the way players are. <laughs> I, I, th- I think also at 62 feet, every pitcher would field bunts like John Lester. You get it, Anthony. <laughs> yeah, it's too far, far. It's too far away, man. <laughs> yeah. Come on, I mean, I'm yes, exhausted just thinking about I hadn't it. Thought you about want me that. to throw from 60 feet and you want me to run all the way in there to handle a bunt? God, it, it's so funny what, what you said um, and so true. Like, all right, well, you know, you Darvish is getting healthier. Before we let him throw from a mound, we're going to let him throw from flat ground. I feel like no matter how much technology is used, how much science, how many hours the most brilliant minds in baseball think about protecting pitchers from arm, arm injuries, they still don't know what the hell they're doing. No, I think they're getting better at it, and I think they, they, they're starting to develop some probably some pretty sound theories. Uh, uh, to, to try to limit them, but you're never going to be able to prevent them altogether. And I don't think anybody has the answer. You know, have you ever seen any of these videos of these guys uh, training at that driveline uh, play? And, and they do it at other places, too, where mm-hmm. guys just kind of run, crow hop, and then throw the ball as hard as humanly possible oh, right. as yeah. part of their training regimen. I mean, when we were when we were growing up and playing as young professionals, this is we would have considered that insane. There's no way you're going to do that as part of your training regimen. But guys do it now, and they swear by it, so... Well, everybody, you know, everybody wants to be Ellis Valentine or Roberto Clemente or Andre Dawson. You just want to be run up, crow hop, throw it as hard as you can and get the guy at third. I'm picturing, right I'm, yeah. pi- I'm picturing Happy Gilmore running yeah, up to the that's tee. That's true. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Before we let you go, Jim, one last thought. The rules, the, the other changes, home plate umpire assisted in calling balls and strikes by TrackMan radar tracking system. I don't know how the, exactly they'll be assisted when, where, how all that's going to work. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't know how that's going to work either. Um, again, I'm, 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 I'm wide open to trying all this stuff. I think, it, I think it'll be fun because we've had this debate for years now. Should we use, mm-hmm. you know, first it was instant replay, and now we're talking about the technology with the strike zone, and Rob Manfred said, well, the, the technology hasn't been perfected, so we're not going to put it in the big leagues yet. Um, but to, to start to experiment with it and see what the game looks like, Using it, uh, I'm all in favor of. I'm not sure exactly how this is going to work. If these guys are going to get, you know, get a little buzz in the butt cheek when it's a strike and <laughs> the right arm. you know, I'm, I'm not sure exactly how the robot-assisted uh, umpire will work. Um, but I'm anxious. I'm anxious to see what what comes of it all. I think it's going to be fun uh, to keep an eye on the Atlantic League. I, I, I agree. I, I really, I, if we ever do go robot umps, I stand by my desire for actual robots, just like Robbie the robot out there, right need, behind, right yes, behind Wilson Contreras. I need, I need a metal, a metal figure, just out there bleeping and blooping his way through the game. Right, and you could program 
the voice of any iconic umpire from the long history of our game. Doug Harvey! Let's bring Doug Harvey back! I want to hear Shag Crawford throw somebody (laughs) out. Yeah, I want Billy Williams back there. Dutch Runner doing a big screen. That's right. That would be awesome. Oh, now we're we're getting somewhere here. Now we're going to have some fun. You can redress it, put masks on them, and change the facade. Right. (laughs) Everybody would want, was it Eric Gregg who called that game for LeVon Hernandez and gave him the extra two feet on the outside? No, he did that for every Braves picture <laughs> yeah that's i love that jim thanks thanks for your time and uh, we'll look forward to your next sinatra selection i'm hoping it's luck be a lady tonight the next time yeah, you join us absolutely well the irony is i requested sinatra but i was really thinking nancy but, there you go heard yeah. that yeah. boots are made for frank walking the frank guy's pretty good too that's just what they'll do <laughs> thanks for your time jim hi boys All thank right, you see you jim that's jim deshays comes brought tv analyst Good thoughts. I, I am looking forward to seeing how this plays out. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of rule changes, and they pick the right place. This is almost like experimenting in prison with the, when you use an independent league like this, in, in the Atlantic League is, and guys will play. Is, I think that's Mitch Williams was, what, 46 when he came back? And, yeah. Yeah. It's like the Stanford prison experiment, but yeah, in, just, in baseball. Go ahead. Do this. Right. What you, and Jim was right. He's, I wouldn't be a pitcher and go there, but. Guys, considering the Atlantic League, probably don't have any ch- other choices. So, tough. Yeah, I, was, I don't know. There's going to be a lot of a lot of people paying attention to the league this year. Great. And uh, check out those rules. Maybe you have a better chance of getting seen. But physically moving the mound, then you've got this big bald spot right where your current mound is. <laughs> well, yeah. And I f- didn't even think about coming into field bunts. And does that count as more action? Well, sure. It, it, I... I Anything, anytime you hit it, it is it is more action Stolen than not bases are it. more likely. Mm-hmm. All right, take a break. Uh, we come back. We are we will conclude our pregame show for Julie DeCaro and Maggie Hendricks with Julie DeCaro and Maggie Hendricks. Rich Hill was the name that came to mind. I know Rich Hill was an independent leaguer and then came oh. back to the bigs, but there are others. David Peralta. Um, yeah, there's, there's so, so there's 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 been a few. There's been a few guys along the way. Nate Robertson um, was one. And this is, you know, this is why you showed up to work is to have me tell you some names of independent league guys, right? The biggest names in the end of in, in an independent league I remember were Bill Murray and Mike Vec. Do they own an Atlantic League team? How great would that be? I, I, I don't I don't know. I knew they owned they owned a team, but I don't know if it's in the independent uh, the Atlantic League. I'll All find right. it out. We'll come back with uh, transition. Rosenblum and Spiegel, Chicago Sports Radio, six seventy. The score. The robot things they'll malfunction as uh, malfunction just as much as uh, uh, human beings do. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play it. What's up? What's up? love him and then i saw that documentary billy joel what he treated liberty devito and oh no oh no I another never person spend a dime on a concert oh again. no even even like it just feels like everybody is getting that documentary treatment 
And like, but, and they all deserve it. I'm not saying they don't. Well, I need know. to know that. Well, not, a, not not all documentary treatments are equal, depending on who did what. Like, I just watched <laughs> Leaving Neverland, and I have. <laughs> it's not equal. That is not equal. <laughs> no, 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 no. True. That was. No, that I, was dark. I am Billy not Joel, comparing Billy yes. Joel to to all of that or all of the surviving R. Kelly. Nothing like that. Okay. I just. Yes, those I are just, the three that like, came to mind. I know. It's like, but you know, please don't. Can people stop disappointing me? Thank you. That's all I ask. No. 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 That's this is just the this is all of life. This is what it's all about. That's Maggie Hendricks and Julie DeCaro. <laughs> We've been the pregame show for them, and they will take over officially at two to start <laughs> the radio station. And we were discussing earlier as a very important part of of sports was that with Selective drone strikes, we could all have jobs with uh, knowing where everybody was at Scorehouse in Arizona. You can't put, it's like the State One of the drone Union. Strike. You don't put everybody in the same place. And yet they did. <laughs> Except the weekend people. Right. And we're back here. Here we are. Right. The, the weekend people in Lawrence. So. And, right. and Shane. Yeah. So. Yeah. Shane was, it would be nice well, to now, have, if Harley Davidson had a sports talk radio station, Shane would be its king. That's well, true. But now we know who actually runs the joint. You know, you can tell, like, who they're actually going to leave around in charge back here. Right here. The, survi- the survivor room. That's yeah. what this was. So we were discussing with uh, the Sinatra intro Jim Deshays. What song did he pick? Fly, Fly me, me to okay. oh, That's a good one. Moon. I heard a little, did I hear some Hotel California being... We did. And do you know why? Because it's the worst song in the history of the world. Oh, it's maybe one of the greatest in history, especially the way Jesus Aguilar sang it. It was actually Manny Pena, I'm told. It was Manny Pena of the Brewers on Jesus Aguilar's Twitter feed, and he's in frame, but it's Manny Pena. I thought it was him that they gave. But it's. Brewers Brewers players are sitting around the clubhouse singing Eagle songs. And they gave apparently Manny Pena, and I thought it was Jesus Aguilar, and they gave him. The music and the English lyrics to Hotel California, and he started singing it. So he was karaokeing, and they were all joining in. They were his chorus, and it made for a delightful piece of audio. Didn't the Cubs do this with somebody? Who was the Japanese player that everybody loved? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Fukudomi. No, 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 no. Recently, they recently. loved him one day for no. one day. No, no, they no. love Fukudomi. No. I'll always love Fukudomi. Totally blanking on his yeah. name. Yeah, I know former... he was a relief pitcher, wasn't he? No, he no. was a second was baseman. A, yeah. former, yes. former Blue Jay. He was he was fun, but they did a whole they did a bunch of karaoke, and he in particular had yeah uh, was did did some some English singing that Mo- was hilarious. Munenori Kawasaki, yes, yes that is correct. That's it is Munenori Kawasaki up there in the brain. You never Not know. Masanori in the Murakami. mind grapes. That was for mine. Sixty five Giants. Yeah, yeah, it. just the mild discomfort at the uh, at the racial yes. um, yeah. mispronunciations, and and we're all laughing at it. But it's you know if they're having fun, he was laughing too. Yes, I felt he like, was. So I was felt like he was Pena. laughing. Yeah, they were so. all having a great time, and his teammates were joining in as the backup singers. And the and again, when you want to, you can try to criticize Hotel California. <clears throat> you're throwing spitballs at a battleship. I know. So, but moving it, right along to the baseball rule changes. And by the way, if my father's listening to this right now, he's going to be very angry from when he learns that I hate Hotel California. Sorry, Dad. Okay, he'll mansplain the Eagles to you. Yeah, oh, it, he has. There you go. Great, great moment, by the way, in the Quincy Jones documentary that's on Netflix, which is just amazing, where they're talking about Fly Me to the Moon, which was the first song played 
in in uh, like on the moon. When, right. they, when they got there, they played "Fly Me to the Moon." So Sinatra and Quincy are on the phone. Go, man! Can you can you believe this crap? <laughs> Quincy produced it. So like, look at look at that, man. That's history. We're up there. On the I moon. mean, what would that's it, pretty cool. Like, what blows away Frank Sinatra? Okay, that yeah, you know, right, like exactly. Like what when you think take? about Frank Sinatra's life and all the cool things he dealt with, then. Who he was friends with. What uh-huh. is it that What's enough to blow your him? mind? Yeah, I'm on the moon. His song being played on the moon. Okay. You know, I could get that. That's, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Number one, when you're number one on the moon. Yep. That's what an artist looks forward to. And those so charts don't come out very often. We, was, <laughs> we were discussing with Jim Deshays the Atlantic League rules and the Major League Baseball wants to see how they play out. Uh, the moving the mound back two feet, which was... For half the season, right? So yeah. we're going to be able to measure one half against the other and see if there's more offense. Well, there's already the unintended consequences of there'll be more stolen bases because it'll take longer to get the ball to home plate. Right. There's more likelihood for bunting because the pitcher's farther away from fielding it, so you'll need the infielders. Yeah, you'll have to remove bunts as you look at contact rate. To, ju- to Julie's point, they're going to check it's still out action. Do you think- they're looking for action. Baseball yeah. has no action. That's at least well, action. to that to that point. The interesting one is the two infielders on each side of the bag. That's right, the one no I'm shift. interested in. No, no shift. shift. I mean, you can Stupid. shift. It's going to be like volleyball. Like, the minute the ball is pitched, you can run to the other side. Right. It's like but playing you got, def- yeah. defense, giving a, a phony look to the rookie quarterback, and then you're going to run around. And But I, I honestly have my doubts about how much two feet is going to make it, how much of a difference there's going to be. Huge. Because I think, I think lowering the mound is a much bigger impact than two feet. I, I, I was reading some of the science of it this morning, and it was a baseball prospectus piece by Ben Lindbergh from a few years ago, and, and it was it was positing five feet. So it was five feet, not the two feet that they're doing, but still like like a 95-mile-an-hour fastball reads as 87 with the five mm. feet added in. So, no, it's actually – and maybe that's why they didn't go all the way to five. I'm sure they looked at some of the science of this, but it has a bigger you effect sure? than you'd think. Do you th- do, I don't trust that they've really looked at the science of this as much that's as true. they said. Well, but they said, well, maybe we'll just move it back two feet and we'll, we'll what, try it out. What I mean is Rob Manfred asked somebody to look at the science okay. and then trusted that they did. You know? Fair enough. And, but we still don't The breaking pitches did. are the more – the fastballs are going to get hit. Right. And you're going to get a split second longer on the plate to see the ball coming at you. Mm-hmm. That matters. Yeah, it does oh, matter. Yeah. It matters. Even in the Atlantic League, which we were, we, we the uh, California, uh, Penal California League. Penal. California Penal. California Penal. Exactly. Wild thing will be coming here's, out of that. Here's my, my issue with them just trying things out on minor leaguers. Isn't these the, are minor leaguers. These are independents. Oh, this isn't, oh okay, then forget it. That's fine. It is, right, I, mean, they're, they're, I mean, the idea is that you're trying to get better so that you get a job no, correct. in this the Major League Baseball. No. But, I mean, that's still what you're trying to do when you're, if you're playing independent baseball. It's not going to happen. It, right. I don't have a whole lot of hope for you, but... It's a day for rule changes um, conversation. If you want it, they're all there for you. Did you hear the NFL ones mm-hmm. that are out I there? Like oh, I like this. The, the one that the Broncos... I have, I have to catch up on those. The one that the Broncos are suggesting is that instead of an onside kick where you're you know you're trying to execute that bizarre play that has no con- contextual place I love that play though. Uh, yeah, but it's just but it's not very representative of actually football. And it also it leads to injuries. Like uh, it has a high injury rate. So, yeah. Well, it, well, so does football in general. Well, sadly. football in general, but that particular but yes. play does, yeah. So uh, but what they're saying is you get one opportunity per fourth quarter to keep the ball after you score. And you start your drive at your 35-yard line, 
at 4th and 15, essentially. What is essentially 4th and 15? You have one play to gain 15 yards. Your offense. And, uh, your offense. And if you gain 15 yards... Then you have the ball. It's your possession, and you go. Ooh. You don't get 15 yards, and it's it's their ball. So, it's it's a, again, it's a one-play test, but it's actually your offense. You actually have a much better shot of... Of doing it, but also you have to... You have you have to execute what you do the rest of the football game. Right. It's more representative of football. Ooh, I like that. Me too. I'm in favor of that. I yeah. Like that. <clears throat> yeah, I'm sure we'll get much more into the, the rule changes. Because didn't Kansas City have one about overtime, too, that yep. they... That, I mean, obviously Kansas City would do it, but... Um, mm-hmm. I, think that, I think that they should go Pop Warner on overtime. Each team gets the ball from uh, the 40... You get one. You get four downs. If you can get, if you can score, stupid. You're stupid. Stupid. <laughs> Play defense. All right. Well, that's look, it, but look, you look will. Look how the Bears got where the Bears got. You will have to play defense, though. Play if, if you keep defense. them from scoring, if you play, if you keep them from scoring. Oh, no, you can play special teams too. They don't have to. You don't have to get the ball at the forty yard line. Why not? No. Sorry. No, because no. Just play. It's the Rosie whole idea so. of outlawing the shift. Why? Why can't players uh, learn to hit the other? I way? am not a fan Why of outlawing they... the shift. I like. I was listening to you guys earlier for some reason, but I was Did listening. You make a mistake. <laughs> I was. You need more to do. And I, I completely. Well, I was driving to pick up my nephew, so. Uh, but I completely agree with the whole idea: is hit them where they ain't. So a good player should be able to adjust to it and hit it somewhere else. Well, and not only that, I mean, there was a great piece, five thirty-eight, maybe fan. No, I think it was Eno Saris actually over at the Athletic. Um, you know, when it comes down to it, outlying the shift only leads to like a few extra singles a month for each team and overall. Singles. It's not going to, it's not going to significantly impact the pace of play to where people are hitting the ball all over the place and everyone's running around the bases. It's, it's not going to happen. Well, I would think it would be for, you would be forced to become a, a more mature hitter if that were it. And I hate the idea you're, you're catering to even a little bit to guys who refuse to become those more mature hitters. Yeah. That it's just focusing on mm-hmm. launch but, angle and home runs, and that's all we care about. Well, it takes and out the launch angle. thinking has gotten baseball into this trouble where there's no action in the game. But if you outlaw the shift, you've got fewer guys trying to hit over the shift, and then you're not worrying as much about launch angle. Maybe. They don't know. We don't know if they can learn. All right, we can We're learn. we out. out of here. Yeah. All right, so much for the pregame show. Mark Grody, David Schuster, Jim Deshays. And Julie and Maggie, as we just guested with them. Zach Withers and Christopher Dickens produced this thing. Matt Spiegel, have a well-deserved week away from me. I know you desire more. You'll have to settle for one. I'll take it. Saturday Suckage will be back with David Schuster next week. Julie and Maggie coming up next on The Score. It wouldn't have been possible if we weren't here to be told how much we suck. So, kudos to you guys for sucking as bad as we do. Oh, yes. Wait Wait a minute, minute, Mr. Post. Wait, wait. Wait. Oh, yeah. That's it. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.